0: the pot party, the trippers, the grasshoppers, the hip ones, all gathered in secrecy and flying high as a kite. Outside the boundaries of their phony world of kicks is the ever-present possibility of discovery. This must be avoided at all costs, for discovery brings with it the penalties of society. Shame, arrest, prison. So destroy the evidence, leave not a trace, burn it in paper trash. That way they can deny possessing the illegal marijuana. They can say the flaming can is part of a game, they can lie, they can swear. This time the gang's lucky, it's not the law or discovery or problems, it's just their supplier Pete with his number one chick and a new guy looking for kicks. Forget it man and get with the countdown. Shake this square world and blast off for kicksville.
1: Hmm. I like when she plays hypersexual and when Molly Shannon. (laughs) Uh, from SNL, plays hypersexual. Yeah. Like, I love how they throw themselves into it. It's hilarious. Man. I love yeah.
0: Molly Shannon. She's hilarious.
1: Yeah, man. she's really. Funny.
2: What happened to her? I haven't seen her it's, in a minute. was true. she She's still out there. She's still. Well, they
1: stuff? did like uh, the re- the most recent thing I saw was when they hosted the uh, the royal wedding, and it was her and Will Ferrell. Okay. Oh my and god! And that was hilarious. That was really. Oh hilarious. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah.
0: that. <laughs> That's right. That's the first time I'd seen her in a long time, man. Yeah, it's true it's true i didn't thought of that
2: she was great and superstar oh, man yeah. i forgot about her yeah awesome so
0: in case you're wondering what the fuck you're listening to i figure we're gonna keep all <laughs> oh right. this has
2: been yeah. on the whole time yeah, holy on, yeah. shit i like okay. to
0: like ease into it a little bit
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: ease on into it
0: this is human <laughs> sushi <laughs> <laughs> human sushi episode what
1: what are we on episode seven eight i don't know eight eight, eight. sorry we're on episode <laughs> eight Episode eight,
0: eight. And uh, that third voice in the room is Catalina Viteri.
1: Woo,
3: How
0: are you woo. doing? Applause doing great. Catalina is an actor. You can say an award-winning actor. Mm-hmm. Thank you. In uh, <clears throat> Siblings, which I uh, you can, wrote. You can say that. <laughs> there
1: it is. Yeah. Tor- it Written by
2: Dre Torres, yeah. your host.
0: Shout out to Michael Garcia, who directed that.
1: Shout out yeah. to myself for writing it. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: Um, but aside from that, you're also—I know you're a nutritionist. Is that I right?
2: am. Yeah, I kind of transitioned into. Um, well, I, I, not to say that I left one career over the over the other, but um, I'm doing both now. So I'm acting, and uh, there's seasons for acting. So I focus on acting during those seasons, and then all year I do nutrition. I take on uh, patients with gastrointestinal and autoimmune disorders. So, mm. Yeah.
0: And how did that come about? <laughs>
2: Holy shit, we're going to go down a rabbit hole right now. Um, Let's
0: go. We're ready.
1: I'm geared
2: up. Are you ready?
0: Let's go. I'm always ready for the
1: rabbit hole. Man,
2: so when I met you, it was 2015, and I'd been out of... I had a hospitalization experience back in 2014 leading to 2015. Mm. Um, I was hospitalized for over 40 days um, for several gastrointestinal disorders. Mm. And um, by the time I met you, I'd only been out of the hospital, like, I want to say... or seven months so i was kind of really getting my life back together
0: you were in the hospital for 40 days
2: yeah plus plus i think it was like 45 46 um i was at two different hospitals in la um, eventually got sent over to cedars which is um, a bigger institution Mm -hmm. and just kind of getting over like gastrointestinal diseases and then when i got out of the hospital i was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and eventually um, very serious autoimmune disorder that I do not identify with today um, just because I've, I've worked very hard to reverse that and, and the effects of that. So I guess long story short, I'd say um, my journey after, after the hospitalization was really find out what the root cause of those issues was. And so upon doing research and things like that, uh, my, my diet kind of led me to the possibility that I could have mercury poisoning. Mm. So, mm. Um, you know, that's not something that they typically test for at the hospital or, oh. or even regular doctors don't really test you for that. So um, I, I took matters into my own hands. I got a test for that, um, both blood and hair, and I was like 98% like mercury poisoned. How did, how did you severe.
0: like come to that hypothesis?
2: Okay, if if we're getting that specific, so one of the diets for fibromyalgia actually involves like to to eliminate the pain that's happening, you know, at a cellular level in in all of your muscles, body wide, is really to eliminate something in plants called or plant foods called salicylates. It's just Mm. a type of chemical, it's kind of where salicylic acid comes from. Mm. So when we buy like an anti acne wash, it has salicylic acid. So there is a diet for fibromyalgia that eliminates. Salicylates, and that leaves you with certain foods. And those foods um, are like cauliflower, iceberg lettuce, um, garlic, onions, all the white, Mm. non colorful foods. And so those foods also happen to be very high in sulfur. Mm. So I had this diet that was helping my fibromyalgia, but then suddenly I was getting crazy, um, like panic attacks Mm. and, and fits of anxiety. And I didn't know where that was coming from. So I, you know, I did the research and the two things that kept coming up were like either you have um, mercury poisoning and the sulfur is interacting with the mercury and causing anxiety or you have a gene for like sulfur intolerance so Mm. i got tested for both
1: Mm. the first thing um the first thing i want to ask is how did you end up in the hospital did you feel like pain or discomfort and then you went straight to the hospital or was it something that you were getting checked up and they said listen stay here
2: for like 15 months um, so starting in 2013 and leading up to like um, 2014 um, to when I was hospitalized I was actually hospitalized on Thanksgiving um, Day Mm -hmm. Um, I had been going to the ER once a month for like severe like GI uh, issues Mm -hmm. and they they were different every time Um, a lot of times it seemed like Uh, on ct scans it seemed like my intestine was twisted Mm -hmm. and so that was causing like pain and some people threw out the the topic of like the or the possibility of surgery like (laughs) hey we may have to actually operate and cut this part of your intestine out Mm -hmm. um and then it turned out i had parasites okay and so it was like it was just like a domino effect for two years of things getting worse and worse and worse and then on thanksgiving in 2014 it i just uh, i couldn't hold any food down i was kind of just vomiting a lot and that that got me actually got me admitted. So
1: and before um this started happening or this happened, did you have any experience like with the medical field or having or or all of this came about because of the research you did?
2: Yeah, I mean, I had already graduated college mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. was acting in LA. I was pretty fortunate. I moved out there and I was actually, you know, working in indie films right away. Mm-hmm. So I had zero I wouldn't say experience. My, my dad was a paramedic, so I grew up with that kind of Um, knowledge, but I I didn't have, I I didn't want to go into nutrition. I didn't want to, you know, do anything related to what's called functional medicine. Now it's like an alternative medicine that um, gets to the root cause of issues. So I had no experience. And um, I think once, I think once you're, you know, diagnosed with something very serious and you go through this and the only answer you're getting is like, Hey, we're, you know, you're going to have to take steroids for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. or take these painkillers the rest of your life you just it's it's frustrating right so i think that's what drove me to kind of take matters into my own hands and get independently certified and and i work with two doctors now as well so um that's kind of been the journey (laughs) with that crazy so it happened
0: by necessity basically and you you ended up finding another career
2: absolutely yeah and it's been great um i have a small private practice in la um i have a waiting list right now so i can't i the only problem i'm running into is i need to duplicate myself somehow um so it's
0: a good problem to have
2: right? yeah right Champ- <laughs> champagne problems yeah yeah yeah.
0: so um, and so you've had your own practice for for how long now
2: it's been like two years now hmm. yeah and you know I, I definitely have a limit on how many people i can take like during busy seasons with acting um Thankfully, there's a lot of other alternative practitioners in L.A., so sometimes I share with them. I'm like, help me out with these people. But um, I definitely encourage everyone I encounter, even if I can't work with them, to get tested, like get their hair tested for heavy metals because that that turned out to be, you know, the root cause of my own issues. Mm. So
0: I imagine that fish is one of the main things that you had to let go of, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, it was interesting because when I found out I had mercury poisoning, I was actually a vegan. I'd been vegan for like almost eight years, hmm. um, so it didn't really make sense to me that I had mercury poisoning because I'd only um, been pescatarian one year hmm. leading up to that transition yeah. to veganism. Um, so it was interesting because the the effects of the mercury didn't hit me till that many years later, hmm. um, and it just kind of manifests. What I've learned is it manifests um, into illnesses based on your genetics. Okay. And so I also studied genetics as well. Recently, I got certified in um, gene expression. Um, and so, yeah, long story short, it's really, uh, <laughs> it's not really long story short ever with this yeah. kind of stuff. Long story long, yeah, but it's like a... So shit, yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess everyone, the way mercury manifested was um, for me into, into autoimmune disease, but for other people, it could be things like neurological disorders and stuff like that, learning disabilities.
0: And so you help identify what it's what's causing it. Yeah, well,
2: I I, I give people a hair mineral tissue analysis, and it just uh, measures the levels of mercury, copper, um, aluminum, different you know lead, different metals, but also mineral levels. Mm. Um, so that's one thing that mercury does is it 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 lowers your zinc, it lowers your chromium, it lowers your selenium, and so um, mineral supplementation is very important if you want to actually detox.
1: Mm. Those sound like elements from like Marvel movies, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. I think you have a screenplay. Plutonia, <laughs> <Xelenium. laughs> kind of, yeah. vibranium.
0: Magic selenium stone. Yeah. I want you um. to check my vibranium levels. Oh
2: my <laughs>
3: vibranium!
0: <laughs> That's the Black Panther shit, right? Yeah, exactly. Holy
1: hell! Um, yeah, but it's, it's super interesting though. And then yeah, you said something earlier too that you said I no longer identify with that autoimmune.
2: Yeah, I don't.
1: Well, what does that mean exactly? Like,
2: well when you receive a diagnosis for autoimmune disease i think i think the natural reaction from a lot of people is okay i'm gonna learn about it i'm gonna you know go to to um for example there's a walk for ms and there's a walk for lupus and there's a you know there's organizations that do great work and they raise money for the cause Mm -hmm. um i think my i chose not to identify with it because i didn't want that to be my end game you know i didn't want to always have that label um i think a label can be limiting but it can also be freeing right so for me it was like great i have this now i want to know what caused it and i want to tackle that and get rid of that Mm -hmm. um it was like a refusal to accept that that was how my life was gonna go
1: interesting no i mean that's that's kind of refreshing nowadays because the world we live in it pays points to be a victim you know so um everyone everyone immediately goes to that victim role like oh i'm dealing with this and you know so it's kind of refreshing to hear someone say like no you know what i'm not gonna even associate with what is being told to me i'm gonna instead deal with it i'm gonna attack it and i'm gonna do my best to get rid of it
2: right because i'm obviously it happens I think everything happens for a reason. So obviously this was part of, you know, my own life lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely I could have, I could have been a victim and I could have said, I'll just take medicine and kind of, you know, let something control me. But Mm -hmm. I I don't think that's what we're here for.
3: Right.
1: Yeah. We definitely need more, more people like you out there dispensing, you know, advice or medicine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I don't, so I, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't dispense medicine, (laughs) but I do, (laughs) I do believe that, um, Nutrition uh, and mineral balance is really the foundation of everything. We all need certain things to survive. and um, anything that harms that balance and throws us into a state of illness or disease, disease can be can be worked around, you know, and and it really just starts at finding what's causing those things at a cellular level. So uh, I get pretty scientific sometimes, <laughs> so i'll I'll get out of that mode right now, but really, um, I'm I'm very grateful for the experience of of what I went through, um, because it taught me so much and it really sent me on this kind of esoteric journey. Mm-hmm. Aside from the science and the, um,
0: yeah, and I was the, gonna the ask research. like how how has this change in your life like affected your day to day life, as opposed to how it was before?
2: Man, so so I, you had you had asked me something about the fish. You know, obviously um, that was that was a part of my life briefly where i was eating seafood um it's definitely changed the way i eat i i was pescatarian one year and then i was vegan seven years and it turns out that to detox mercury you cannot be a vegan you actually have to have a very Mm. high protein diet so my my diet had to change Mm. immediately um i'm very paleo now um so low carb high fat high protein Mm. um very high intake of veggies like it's like 80 20. um so just dietarily things changed um but also on a spiritual level i'd say it's really taught me to love myself and i think i think as a society we really suffer from like a lack of Mm self-love and and um it's crazy someone was telling me the other day like have you ever have you ever done the mirror exercise where you can look in the mirror and you say nice things to yourself Mm -hmm. because really what do we do when we look in a mirror the first thing we do is look for flaws yeah we Mm -hmm. pick out our flaws oh my skin is so dry right you know my you know my hair's falling out oh i'm breaking out i wish i was thinner and and that's kind of something i've really become conscious of lately um just really watching my thoughts and what i say about my body and myself and Mm -hmm. um what is what is an expression of love and what is not what is just not on that frequency yeah. um and so that's i think that's been the biggest thing i've learned from this mm-hmm. yeah. you
1: know one thing that helps me is uh and that you know i tell my wife all the time when she expresses like little insecurities um i'll tell her you know how do you feel when you see that in someone else you know is it does it bother you i mean do you even notice it and she's like no most i wouldn't notice that you know so that's the kind of thing that i tell her listen You know, no one's staring at you. No one's like judging you in that way. You know, it's all in our minds. And so, yes, I think that instead of picking out our flaws, you know, it would be more beneficial to.
3: Yeah.
0: It's also like linked to mental, like your mental well-being is linked to also stress, which can literally cause, you know, physical reactions in Mm -hmm. you. So, Mm -hmm. right. I mean,
2: yeah, I've been reading this book. It's called um, You Can Heal Your Life. And it's by Louise Hay and she talks about the metaphysical and emotional causes of illness and so she says like for every single illness that there is a a thought pattern Mm -hmm. or thought process associated Mm -hmm. that has caused you to have that specific illness Mm -hmm. so you know obviously the research side will say like well we manifest what our genetics are coded for Mm -hmm. so like i had genes for specific types of autoimmunity so that's what came out when i was exposed to um, toxicity but Louise Hay says like mm. for example if you have a skin disorder or rashes that won't go away it's from um, persistently feeling threatened mm. and threatened by like life or people yeah um, other things are like refusal to accept the way things are yeah um, and really just what it comes down to at least at least kind of the theme of that book is really like that anything that is that manifests in us that is a part of disease is um a product of resistance
1: yeah. mm-hmm. see that's on the line for me as far as like my as far as my skepticism will allow me to go like mm. i can't believe that every disease is linked to some uh psychological event um mm-hmm. but yes i'm sure that it does affect you know i absolutely believe it does affect um but you know yeah, I would I would say I wouldn't go as far as to say that everything is linked to something else. You know? But yeah. I do I do yeah. think I think again, br- what do I know she's a doctor. <laughs> well, that
0: this brings up a good point though. I I do think there's a point that uh we get to where science can no longer explain it. And I I believe that there's a lot of phenomena out there that happens that it's just not within the scope of, you know, what we call science now to uh to accurately assess what it is, you gotcha. know. So Right. Like we might understand things in certain uh, terms because it's the things that we know. Science is Mm -hmm. what we learned in elementary school or whatever. But I believe that there's are Mm -hmm. other things happening in the background that we've yet to discover. Right, right. Black
2: holes. And it's really about. Sometimes I feel like just like even reading a book like that. Like you don't really have to believe in Mm. spirituality or God or anything beyond what you know. Um, But it's nice to be open. Right. And I think. I think we do so much resisting Mm
3: -hmm. just like
2: as people on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I was listening to a conversation um, yesterday and everything out of... it was I was at a restaurant and there were two people communicating and and everything out of one of the... the, It was was a couple and everything out of the the girl's mouth was I don't want to do this. I don't want to go here. I'm not going to like this. I'm not going to like that. And there are just so many negative words that we use on a daily basis in our vocabulary that we don't realize are just putting up kind of this wall of resistance. Mm -hmm. And so... I think just like beliefs aside, it's nice to, you know, go into things with an open mind and say like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling well and I've had this issue for a while. So I want to see what else, what else could be you know possibly hindering my progress yeah your
0: your comfort zone could be your worst enemy in in a way you know you get caught up in a certain routine and it's comfortable to you at the moment but in the long run it's you know it's only a band-aid and it's not really solving the issue
2: exactly exactly i think that's the problem
0: yeah that's exactly exactly boredom kills too
2: (laughs) how so you, then you write a script like Siblings <laughs> <laughs> on your board.
0: Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, no, no. I, was, that's I didn't good, kill them, Siblings. All the characters did. No, <laughs>
2: Siblings was great. It was fantastic. And you you won an award from that, too. And, and um Sometimes I wonder if great work like that is born out of boredom or like you actually had the intention of like, today I'm gonna create this story. And-
0: you know what's funny about siblings? It's actually based on my sister. And she, like, oh, her God. name is, is Mary. That's why I call Mari. her that. Uh, Mari. Uh-huh. Mari. And, uh,
2: We're in Miami. Her you name's Mary Ann, but, <laughs>
0: but Mari for short. And, uh, when she had just broke up with with her boyfriend at the time. So oh, okay. she was just kind of, like, so, like, kind of furious about it that yeah. the idea came instantly. I was like, what if she killed him, you know?
2: Yeah, gotcha. what if she killed what him? What if she killed him? sinister. So, yeah. What
0: was the award? Uh, we won We won a few awards and a few festivals. Like, oh. we got a, a Kat, the Catalina won Best Actress at um, Key Urban, West. Speak of Urban it. Film Festival. Yeah, Key West, yeah. Nice. Congratulations.
2: Um, which is weird. Thank you. That was weird because, um, I mean, I was... Severely under the influence, in, in that film, because the <laughs> the, the character um, the character has to um, she's a young suburbanite who murders her husband, but she smokes pot, and um, actually that was only six months after my hospital experience when I when I shot that, and they wanted to give me like the, the fake stuff like the oregano and stuff like that, <laughs> and I had all these intolerance. Actually, oregano is a salicylate. so at the oh, okay. time mm-hmm. I couldn't consume it. Huh. So they were like, "Well, what are we gonna do?" And I was like, "You're gonna have to give me the real shit." I don't, you know, I don't know. And and it turned you out fine.
3: I
0: give you props though, because like, you could tell that you were baked and you, <laughs> you got through tell. those scenes perfectly. Yeah, Speaking I give of you props for that. I'm baked.
2: Yeah. Well, it helped the character, right? It Helped the character.
0: So, how old were you when you moved uh, to LA?
2: Yeah. Well, uh, what matters is how old I I look, <laughs> 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 how old I play. Well, uh, I guess
0: the the better question is like. Like How your arrival, your arrival to to Los Angeles from Miami, because I've been yeah. through the same thing. You know, yeah. it was like the first time I moved out of my home. I mean, uh, oh, you know, yeah. I, was, I was born in DR or whatever, but I grew up in Miami. Right. Know? Um. So like the experience of being like in this new place, and that's that's kind of what I uh, wanted to get yeah. into a little more. So like, what what were the differences that you found? The little differences
2: from LA and Miami. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was becoming a big fish in a small bowl here, hmm. um, and I'd I'd already done all the commercials I could do in, in Miami, and um, there were only so many shows casting at the time, and um, so so going to LA was really God, it was eye opening. Um, I actually had to speak English, which was very <laughs> very weird. <laughs> Um, growing up in Miami, English is very much a, a second language, um, and I, I love that. This is the only city in America where it's where it's that way, um, and I'm proud of that. So it was weird going to LA and speaking to Latinos in English. I think that was the first <laughs> the first like culture <laughs> yeah. shock for me. Um, but LA is beautiful and and it's got so much great stuff to do outdoors and I think the lifestyle is is very different it's more active and when i when i first
0: got there it's a funny story like i was buying yeah. shoes at some store and, uh, and it was the same experience, too. The lady at the register mm-hmm. was a Hispanic-looking lady. Yeah. So being, you know, my Miami self, the first thing I do is, like, talk to her in Spanish. Right. She didn't even know Spanish. Yeah. Like she didn't even speak Spanish. Because there's, you know, there's people there that are already, like, fifth-generation sure. Americans at this point. They you are. Know? And, mm-hmm. and sometimes the Spanish you know only get passed down past a certain generation and yeah. that's it it stops at a, at some point but that was like super eye opening for me uh, you know?
1: on the flip side of that coin my first experience in LA i go into a uh, auto parts store to ask for directions <laughs> and uh, this guy talks to me in Spanish, and it was the first time I ever heard like a genuine Mexican accent. Yeah. And <laughs> he was like, Oh, no, they wait. Let me take the turn bike over here. You know, it's the I'm first sorry, time like outside the... of the movies. Or yes. <laughs> so, when I, I mean, I literally did like a you know like a gasp take you know (laughs) and i feel i apologize to the guy but you know i just had never heard that before
2: yeah la LA is interesting that was another thing as an actor that i observed was was just going on auditions with all these other latinas but i was the only one who spoke spanish Mm. and it was like well how are you guys playing a a latina who doesn't speak spanish i didn't understand that and a lot of times they, you know, teach them the small phrases they have to use. And that's it. As long as they say it with that accent.
0: You could always um, tell, though. It could
2: fly. Yeah. You could always
0: tell. When when you're watching it, you could tell the yeah. ones that don't really speak Spanish. For and it, sure. It, it
2: was it was tough, you know. Um, I've definitely, the casting rules are a bit different. In Miami, there's a lot of, you know, I'm a light-skinned Latina. And in Miami, there's a lot of that. Um, and L.A. casting kind of has a very, like, they want a specific kind of look. And, and according to Los Angeles, you know, I don't look Latina enough. And so that that's a little frustrating sometimes. Mm. But, you know, it's part of the industry, and I think, um, I think things are changing. Um, and that'll eventually you know hopefully never be a, an issue. Yeah.
0: It's crazy that that's, you know, a reason for someone not to get a job, but it's like the yeah, that's literally the nature of Hollywood. You literally yeah. if they don't like one little thing about your face or whatever, <laughs> like, your hair, whatever it is, you won't get the part. It's
2: beyond yeah. your control and yeah. that's just part of it. it's like you just kind of have to accept it. It's part of the industry because for every role that's not yours, you know, there's one that is and it's only right. for you and and you're the one who's going to do it the best and so it's give and take, you know, there's uh the other side of the fence, too. I'm a, I'm a light-skinned Latina, and I can complain all I want about not getting those roles, but there's also Afro-Latinas who go through the same thing, so. Mm-hmm. so.
0: But take me back to, like, the decision. Because I remember my decision to leave Miami and go to L.A. pretty, you mm-hmm. know, pretty vividly. But what was that? What was the one... I know there had to be one night that you were just like, I, I got to do this already, you know. Is it something that you had been thinking about?
2: I funny it's i don't think there was like one moment um growing up i wanted to sing and i wanted to dance Mm. the acting wasn't really a goal Mm. or or even anything i wanted to do and my parents were paying for singing lessons and they were paying for dance lessons Mm -hmm. and then um i think a kid got sick in like my third or fourth grade class and there was like a little play and i took over and i did really well and when my parents saw that they were like um i can't even remember honestly i think it was like it was a christmas play of some sort okay um i think the character's name was natalie but (laughs) of course it was but (laughs) but uh natalia um but i think my parents saw that and they were like why are we paying for singing and dancing lessons if you're naturally good at this okay um and they just kind of pushed the you know they, they pushed the acting um and so you know, I'm, did I'm, you
3: did
0: you study did you go like the traditional I, route you know
2: i didn't because we we didn't have a lot of money growing up that was a that was a big thing we were mm. in like a one bedroom apartment until i was like eight and then it was we we're very lower working class mm-hmm. you know um and my parents you know extracurriculars weren't um something that was in the budget yeah it wasn't in the budget um so we did we did stuff here and there but for acting it was always drama class And, um, yeah, it was like, get, get it out in drama class. And if you can do a play, do a play. And and that's pretty much it for college. I was actually a dance major initially, Mm -hmm. um, Florida, the state of Florida cut the budget at some point when I was in the program and we, I couldn't graduate with it, but I did do, I did do drama, but never wanted or desired a theater degree. Mm. So completely went for something else. And, um, I did save up for like two years to move to LA. Once I decided, it was like, all right.
0: And you knew you wanted to be a film actor,
2: right? Yeah, film or TV. I think at the time it was more film than Mm. it was TV, but things have But not stage,
0: I guess is what I'm saying.
2: Not stage. Mm. Yeah, not stage. Why
0: why is that? Like, why do you think you gravitated to... Especially with the singing background, too, you know? You can do stage.
2: I have, yeah, I have... I don't think I'm that great of a singer okay <laughs> <laughs> and I had to work my butt off at being a really good dancer um, so I think I think it was more like I'm gonna be honest with myself <laughs> and, okay. yeah. and leave that to the really really um, talented people like you know like my my co-star and siblings Rudy Goblin, he's a theater actor and I have so much respect for yeah. what they do but I, I don't personally think I could. Do it. I'm sure I could if I put my mind to it, but I don't think. Yeah, but it's two naturally... different. It's two completely different things. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the
0: method of consumption is different. It's different watching a movie on a on a screen than right. watching a play. Sitting like a play, I feel like is more. Even if it's not interactive, it is interactive. You're always going to experience it with a crowd, unlike a movie right. which exactly. we can you can watch by yourself. You know. Well,
1: well, timing just just starting with timing is different for a play. You know, each each time you do the play, there's different timing. Mm-hmm. And the timing is something that you have to worry about in the first place, which when you're filming a movie, I mean, I'm not an actor, but I'm assuming you are, of course trying to deliver lines with timing, but at the same time you have in the back of your mind, okay, there's always editing after this. They can, you know cut me here a little short if I take a look, too long of a pause or yeah. this or that. You would it.
0: hope that that's not the case though. I think like, right. you know, an actor would want to, I think deliver a performance that doesn't required like a lot of editing uh, sure. in order to make it good but i think the difference between the two is the subtleties in the in in film and in film acting right, right? the
2: camera picks up uh, you know your thoughts exactly everything that's going mm. on behind your eyes mm-hmm. and um for theater i have so much respect for them because they have to make it look brand new it's like the discovery they have the discovery on stage mm-hmm. and they make it look brand new every single time and if yeah. they've got two to three shows a night that's a lot of work yeah so, but
0: they're rewarded with the instant gratification exactly. of, a cla- of a crowd clapping oh every God. single time. It's, yeah.
2: it's, it's so different when you're doing film. It's hard
0: work, but it's also a big reward. Whereas with film,
2: there's no payoff.
0: Dude, for look the at actor. My, my perspective as a screenwriter, right? Like you write something and it's like, I, I feel like I made, you know, I spent months writing what I feel like is this great work or whatever.
2: I can and imagine to- it's like giving away a child.
0: Well, not only that, to get someone to read hundred twenty pages in the first place, right? Nowadays is which
2: I cool. love doing. By the way, I'm so excited every time I get a script. But, I love reading screenplays. But I can see how somebody who does it as their job and they have to choose scripts, you know, and pick the best one or whatever, and they read a, f- a couple scripts a day. I can see how that's yeah. probably really tedious. Yeah,
0: and a, sure. a, like think about these writers, like a Hollywood, the average Hollywood writer. How many films, how many scripts he has sitting in his house that haven't been made? You know, and those are yeah. things that, like, you spend months writing a script. A script wow. doesn't happen in, in a week. Yeah, you know? of course. No, no, no.
2: So what's that like? Do you, do you, <laughs> the interview has, uh, <laughs> yeah, first. Yeah, the turn, the tables have turned. What's that like when the you write a script? Do you have to, um... Is it like giving it away? Like, here you go. Here's my baby. And now, you know, help me make this. Or if if it doesn't go forward, if, it, if it's in the hands of someone who has the power to decide, if it doesn't go forward, what is that like? Do you, do you really let it go? Or do you try and develop that into something else?
0: I had early on, like the first script I ever wrote, any screenwriting book will tell you that the first script you ever write is going to be garbage, right? Right. Every single book says the same thing. You know, that's why it, the school teach. you know, the, my, my screenwriting teacher said the same thing. So I ended up <laughs> dropping out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like I actually got a deal with my first script. I got a, a you know, I had it optioned by, by a Hollywood company or right. whatever or a fringe Hollywood company. <laughs> so it was fucking hard for me to let go of it. Like yeah. it was a I delayed the decision by like three months, you know, maybe to my own detriment because right. I think I kind of killed the excitement of it a little mm-hmm. bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's tough. To like to this day that's still the hardest thing for me to do is like to let go of a script. Like thankfully with, you know, that's why with the siblings or whatever, working with with Mike, um he's a friend of mine. I feel like we understand each other creatively, so that's always been a positive experience. Everything right. I've done with Mike, you know, he's the only director that I've given anything to to do outside of like on a business level you know like me and you know mike and i have like a close working relationship um yeah but i'm very hesitant about writing stuff for other people Mm. because i just don't know
2: it's really about building a trust then like who can deliver this the way i see it is that kind of what well i like
0: i also can't help but look at it as a director too Mm. so you know, with Mike, at least that was someone who I trust as a director. Like, I know he's going to... But, you know, imagine doing that with some someone you don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. And someone that
0: you don't have, like, that vibe with, that connection with. Like, I don't know what he's going to do. Or see eye
2: with. to eye with creatively.
0: Exactly. And at the end of the day, your name's on it. So, like, my name could be on something that, mm-hmm. that I consider shitty. I think writers have it pretty bad in Hollywood, you know. Mm. Not to play... Like, I'm Look, I'm not a Hollywood writer, so I'm not playing, like, a pity game, you know. Right. But, like... Writers of all people, I think they got it the worst because that's the only person in that whole creative field that has to stare at the blank page and generate ideas. Mm-hmm. And without the writers, literally no movie gets made without a writer, you know? Right. And at the end of the day, if it's a hit movie, the director gets all the credit with, you know... Um, it's not that I disagree with that. I just wish the writers got a little more credit. Got gotcha. you. Know what I mean?
1: Yeah. In some cases they do. I think, but it has to be something
0: really extreme. But it's got to be like an Aaron Sorkin right. or Quentin Tarantino, like a guy that's you know, there's there's very few of those guys, yeah, like it's, writers, it's very... with names that people actually know. Yeah. You know? Right. There's much more like Paul Schrader's and guys that like that go kind of under the radar, but like produce amazing work. You know?
2: True. Sure. Yeah.
1: Besides uh, siblings, like what's been one of your favorite roles that you've done?
2: Um, man, oh, I would say this most recent one I just shot. Um, it's an action film. It's being developed into a feature. But right now we have the short action version of it. Um, it's called Emblem. And my role is uh, her name is Cassie or Cassiopeia. <laughs> and she's... Um, She's a cleaner. She's really somebody who's supposed to clean up the mess that assassins leave behind. um, And she hasn't worked in a while. So she's been kind of out causing trouble and Mm -hmm. keeping herself in the environment. She's a fighter. She fights. So she's kind of keeping herself in the environment that she's familiar with and creating chaos. Um, And then she gets assigned a job. And um, the job is really for her to go pick up a package. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of... um, not not something she's used to doing and so that job kind of reveals parts about her past there's a little bit of a wolverine element to the story okay. where she can self-heal and she um only has memories of being created in a lab and oh so it's like supernatural it is oh, okay. supernatural okay. yeah mm-hmm. um and for the role i i learned krav maga i studied that oh, for a month awesome. and nice. then i also yeah. did muay thai nice. and i'm definitely going to keep that up because nice. i'm um hooked now so mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that was the most fun I've had, and that was my most recent um, project. And I think it was just because the action is so much fun.
0: Awesome! <laughs> Next time you're in Miami, go buy um, Bushido Muay Thai. Okay. In, in South Miami, that's my best friend's Muay, Muay Thai Thay. gym. Yeah, he's doing Sounds awesome. Good. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Bushido. Yeah. That's dope, man. So, you got to learn a bunch of other stuff that you can use in your everyday life, too.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm. I actually want someone to try me now. I'm like, please, just just bring out the Miami. That's some Miami ass shit. Yeah, seriously.
1: Take the girl out of Miami,
0: right? (laughs) Oh, my God. So, do you like, uh, what genre do you like to work in? The most.
2: Um, I would like to do more comedy because people have said that I kind of have a knack for it, and and I've only done like a short, like one or two, yeah, two short comedy films. I would like to do more of that. Um, but I really now after getting a taste of this action film, I just, I'm thinking like Charlize Darren, Atomic Blonde, mm, like okay. that's that's what I want. That's what do you like
0: to watch though?
2: Um, I like. I like crime dramas, I like dramas, I like comedy the most, uh, I just nothing mm. beats a good laugh, sometimes stupid comedy too.
0: Favorite comedy ever, go. Ahead.
2: Oh man, come on, um, <laughs> it changes, it changes like based on like <laughs> the mood, um, I really liked Crazy Stupid Love for a while, okay. um, because it was like a romantic comedy, um, but then there's Parks and Rec, as far right. as like a TV show, which is like dumb but witty political. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll think of more later. I put you the on little... the spot. Yeah, <laughs> bro. You? I'm I'm so bad at names too. I can be like that movie with the thing where they did this and it, and we'd just we'd be lost forever. Um, but I'll think of a few before this interview's over. Okay.
0: <laughs> What's yours? Right Favorite comedy? I
1: mean, I, I, before it used to be um, of all time before about. yeah yeah before it used to be like wedding crashers or something yes, like that yes wedding
2: crash I'll find you <laughs> <laughs> oh my
3: god
1: um but yeah i think right now the last one that i saw that was really funny uh was probably uh, the one with The Rock and Kevin Hart, and he's in The Rock's in the CIA or something. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, favorite saying. comedy Central of all time. Though? No, not of all time. Okay, of all time. And
2: that's like really hard to say. Coming to America.
0: Of oh, all that's time. mine too. Dang. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be cool you with
2: it. You know, I gave
0: you, I gave you a chance.
2: <laughs> I loved Old School yeah. with Will I love Ferrell. Old too. That was like the biggest just the most classic comedy and like my dad used to meet me watch it yeah i said um,
0: blue you're my boy for years yeah. like you're that my boy, joke blue. <laughs> yo, that joke didn't die for years it was crazy yeah old school
2: good yeah, old school's um great. you know the van wilder movies yeah. after that um what are we got uh, Step Brothers? was great
0: i have a bone oh, to pick um, with you actually how really? dare you not like seven Oh, you didn't like seven.
2: It was man that hurt I, me. You know what though? I didn't finish seven, oh, there so you we go. can't really. We Literally, can't talk the most about that. important
0: part is the ending. I know. <laughs> Literally, the most I important did, part. Yeah, I fell
2: asleep.
0: Uh, um, it hurts.
2: Yeah, but I'll definitely, I'll definitely finish watching that.
0: Do you know that they're making a coming to America too? No. Yeah. No, why? I don't know how I feel about what are your expectations on that? Because you
2: know it. they say the second one sometimes is no. just overkill and.
0: I think no, intentions matter. Why are we doing a part two? Is it a business mm-hmm. decision? Or do you actually have an awesome script that right. you just have to make it? You know, Leave it mm-hmm.
1: alone. Rework the script into a different movie. Leave it alone. Leave it alone, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah.
0: I feel that way about a lot of sequels, actually. Yeah. That if you would have left it alone, like certain movies... Like oh. to me, The Matrix would have been so much better if it didn't have those two sequels. Yeah. I think we'd look at back at The Matrix more fondly.
2: There are sequels to The Matrix.
0: Boom. <laughs> hey, you're I'm I'm sorry I told you.
2: <laughs> I had no you idea. You were living a
0: perfect existence. Yeah. You didn't even know about the Matrix sequels. <laughs> no That's idea. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're sequels, but they're no good. I don't know if people were gonna flame me for something. They're no good.
2: <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of heat for that. Yeah,
0: probably no good.
2: There's yeah. some diehard Matrix fans. There is. I don't get it.
0: So action (laughs) movies. I see it though. Do you do you watch any action movies or not really? Oh
2: man, I just recently saw Atomic Blonde. Only recently. I'm I'm so bad with I'm so bad at just studying in my field. Um, but it was incredible. Just aesthetically it was so gorgeous. Did you Mm -hmm. did you see it? No,
0: but I've seen like the Uh, the cinematography looks amazing.
2: Yeah, Mm. all all the colors, it's like every single scene is um lit up with two different neon Mm colours and it's it's just really nice.
1: I couldn't Um, sit through it. I tried twice why i don't know why i just couldn't like it wasn't like maybe it was like look drab or something the entire movie looks drab
2: and yeah like,
1: grayish you know
2: well charlie's Theron and looks pretty looks so different in yeah. it i was surprised it was her but um
1: i only watched the first five minutes each time though so i mean i didn't give it much oh yeah, well, come on there you go you know? <laughs> yeah the
2: stunts are incredible and she does her own stunts which yeah. is awesome
0: i appreciate um these movies not to make it like so much about like the the gender thing, but I really appreciate when these movies create original badass female characters. Right, you know, original ones. That's the important part. Like I I hate all this talk about, oh the next James Bond should be a female and this should be like why do we have to piggyback females off like these famous male roles? Right, we like, can have our own. Yeah, oh, I feel but... like we can have our own. Like, how do you no... feel about Jessica yeah. Jones? I liked the first season. I mean, I had like. It wasn't my favorite, but I think out of all those Marvel shows, it was probably my second favorite. But yeah. I, I didn't, I never watched the second season. Yeah. But I can see you doing like a Jessica Jones kind of thing. Actually. Yeah.
2: It it gets really it gets really dark this um, latest season. Mm. Um, but you know, much respect to to her because she's she's just she's really a good. Great career wave right now. Yeah.
0: Ritter, right? What's her name? Kristen uh, Ritter. Kristen Ritter. There you go. Yeah,
2: she's very inspiring. I'm actually shooting. I've been shooting a, a short film in L. A. It's called Rumi. It's it's the brainchild of um, Halaldeen Trotman. He's the um, new DP on Fear the Walking Dead, mm. and he's kind of basing it off of um, like Jessica Jones and and mm. like the meat the meatpacking district sort of look. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. so we've been shooting that over there. Speaking of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a very
3: it's a yeah.
0: Very... Like I support things like Jessica Jones. I like that. I like that it's an yeah. original female character. That's that's kicking ass. I think that's super important.
2: You that know? she's doing everything she okay. can to avoid dealing with her trauma. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah which they is deal really Deal with those all things head on.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. No, I, I, have you watched that?
1: I have. I have, and I I watched first season. I thought it was really good. I haven't seen the rest, but um, yeah. I I think it is a good female character. I think. There's also examples of feminism gone wrong, I guess you could say, like when you see like things like Wonder Woman to me is not a very feminist character, you know,
0: but But I think there's a lot of history behind that. Well, actually, go. I want to hear what you maybe
2: I don't know too much about it to, to speak on it, but how so?
0: Well, I mean, I think like the short skirt and the bustier
1: mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. you know, like
2: Well, what's wrong with that? I mean, women yeah. are sexy. You know, we're we're beautiful. True. So what's what's wrong with kicking ass in something we look good in? Not that we'd prefer to kick ass in something like that. Maybe we'd want to be more comfortable in sweats or something, but the point is like why <laughs> sure. um, you know, what's wrong with um showing off the female figure?
1: No, there's nothing wrong with it at all. I just think that you know, it's not quote-unquote feminist. You know what I mean? To put a character that is supposed to be attainable to little girls, right? Like Mm -hmm. something that, and in a skimpy outfit, right? Fighting crime or whatever, you know, like why? Because of the outfit? If it's supposed to be, if it's supposed to be a female driven project, which is how it came off to me, right? They had a female director. Mm -hmm. They marketed it as this is the dawn of new age for women in cinema, et cetera. You know, so they pushed the movie that way. And then. Then they put her in the outfit, right? Which they could have put her in something attractive, without showing more conservative. More conservative. But not that I'm upset at it, you know what I mean? She looked mm-hmm. beautiful, like but she's a gorgeous what, girl. But mm-hmm. I'm not mad at it. But I'm just saying, like, it, it doesn't. Well, why the, do the two women not be more
2: conservative? To,
0: they don't. Well, I also I'll say this. That's a good point. But, but it's not like comic mm-hmm. books aren't consistent. It's like look at the dudes. Look at the comic book characters. They all look like fucking these incredible physiques. It's like they do the same thing with the men. The, it's, the, true. The, it's true. The male comic book characters are just as sexualized as the female ones. Yeah, and it? if a man
2: can be shirtless in a film and we have no problem with that, then, right. Right. you know, kiss my ass if I want to wear a, yeah. a, a
0: And like the practicality skirt, you know? argument, too, is like, is it really practical to fight crime in a cape? or like to fight someone wearing a cape that's true you know uh, I
1: mean now I I feel like an uptight grandpa well it's just it's just that that I think
2: people I think people forget that we the rules are never the same with men versus women even Mm. in like a political race you know Mm. I think I think what and we won't get into that but I think the biggest criticism Hillary faced um, was what she was wearing Mm. and you never heard anything about you know what Obama was wearing so so the same kind of thing here it's um women should be able to i think feminism is that we can do the same things Mm -hmm. as men and not be criticized or judged for that but it
1: wasn't just that about the movie also i mean you definitely have a good point and it's but it wasn't just the attire it was the fact that every scene that she stepped into the scene the first thing commented on was her looks you know in every scene and it again By the other character. By the other character. Well that's you know?
2: probably the point. They're driving yeah. home the the yeah. fact that, you know, she doesn't get treated the same.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean so, that's kind of the point of the movie, man. Yeah. I don't know, man. But it just <laughs> came off a, opposite. It well, came that's, off that's like promoting to show misogy- misogyny. To yeah. me, that, that was promoting misogyny.
1: To me that was just trying to promote her as the a beautiful person, right? throughout the
0: movie to in order to sell the movie. like well, That's how it came was... off to me. I you know? mean, you don't have to sell that. She's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. You don't have to sell yeah. that. Gal Gadot is fucking gorgeous. I mean, who but doesn't... also,
2: what year was Wonder Woman supposed to be?
0: Well, the thing, Wonder Woman has a complicated history to begin with because um, like pre-war, I think the way that it goes is pre-war, she was a feminist icon, right? And then uh-huh. when all the men came back from war in the, you know, the, the mid-40s, early 50s, mm-hmm. Um they rewrote Wonder Woman to be this subservient kind of character that was always just doing whatever the man wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So it's she she has a very complicated history. She went from feminist icon to the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. She was literally they literally you know, on the cover of one of those comics, if I don't uh, recall correctly, she's in the kitchen at one point with an apron on
3: right. Wow. Yeah.
0: So it, that took a real, you know, sharp turn. And it took a long time for her to get back to like these, this feminist icon. Like, I just think the
1: boots and the miniskirt don't, I don't know. They just don't scream like empowered woman to me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, but they don't. You know, it seems like, I'm not saying, I'm not hating on any woman that wears it. You know what I mean? But (laughs) uh,
2: yeah, we, we, if we need anyone to look a certain way to please our, um, Our beliefs Mm -hmm. as to how you know a person with that job title should look or should Mm. be dressed, and then you know that might be saying something more about us than 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 the film. You know,
1: no, you're absolutely right. Um, Yeah, it's definitely in in ingrained inside of me. It's something in me. (laughs) You know what I mean? But yeah, like it's just I don't know. You're right. I have like a certain look in my mind that accompanies like okay, what a woman who takes yourself seriously and then is trying Mm -hmm. to empower other women should look like you know you're right Right. maybe that's not a good thing you know but um yeah but i think that's learned
2: neither good nor bad Mm -hmm. there there's you know we don't even have to label it Mm -hmm. if that maybe it's a it's something you've predetermined Mm -hmm. and and that's the idea you have but we again being open Mm -hmm. is is probably the best remedy for that right it's like mm-hmm. if we're open to well this character maybe this character can embody her femininity and her beauty and still wear what she wants to wear but also be capable of kicking ass right at the same time then
0: yeah all right so okay i'm gonna have that. to watch wonder woman again now <laughs> <laughs> no I with do an think, open mind yeah yeah look i don't think you're completely wrong i do think there was a lot of focus on the movie on her looks yeah that, that was a complaint that that even my girl had when we were leaving the theater. Mm-hmm. That day. Like she actually didn't like it. She felt the way you feel. That like was... she was
2: too dolled up for some yeah. of the scenes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think that's a valid criticism. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not really sure where I stand on it because I don't know how much I could criticize the skirt when it. You know, I know that this character was created in the 1930s. I mean, right. like you know, unless they were gonna radically update the costume,
3: mm-hmm.
0: the skirt was already part of the deal, man. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you were gonna get that regardless. You know. <laughs> So, yeah. but I do think it's important to kind of uh, abide by what you're saying for these new creations, because trust me, I do it myself. Mm-hmm. Like the, the comic book that I write, Popova, is a feminist kind of story. And I made sure to have all the costumes be like regular things that you can wear that would be practical to wear. So, right. you know, that's why art and just mm-hmm. history is out there. But like we have to learn from the past. And I think that's one of the things that I picked up. I was like, okay. Yeah. You know, if this is happening in the modern day, I don't want them running around with high heels on, trying to kick ass. Like that's not what they would do if this was real, you know.
2: If the scene happens when they're out and dressed up, then it just happens to happen. It happens to happen, Mm -hmm. but they don't need to be wearing that
0: exactly yeah. to go kick go ass, kick ass. Yeah. and yeah. i guess you're right
1: i mean what did i expect for them they're never, they weren't going to radically change the costume because the costume is part of the character
0: you know so, they gotta sell toys man i understand, and after, I understand <laughs> you know but
2: gal gadol has you know only so much control over oh, the yeah. costume no, it's not she's her. the actor so she's yeah. it's really about did she did she uh, deliver the essence of a strong female character and did she kick ass at yeah. the same time and I you know? think
1: I think you promote the movie for the movie and you let the people say it was a feminist, you know, uh, piece. You right. know what I mean? Like, but
0: that is that's I, well, I understand the purity in that argument. Uh, that's yes. a horrible marketing decision. That's a horrible marketing decision. I'm sorry. If you're looking at that's just the cold, hard numbers, <laughs> you have to push the feminism angle to sell the movie. Of course, man. Mm. When they dropped the movie, there was a screening with all women. Did you hear about this? hmm. There Even. was a, there was a screening when they first dropped the movie. Uh, I think it was in New York or or was it in LA? But like that particular screening, there was no men allowed. It was just women in that screening. That's sexist. Oh, wow. That's a it's a marketing thing. That's sexist. It is sexist. I I do believe it's I'm sexist, silly. but it's a marketing thing. So. <laughs> it's a marketing thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny.
2: But imagine how we feel with uh, panels on birth control in Washington D.C. when there are no women in the room.
0: Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: But I that's we not as bad I was, as not I, letting us watch. I I we oh, that's about. not as bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's not guy. letting us watch a movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: the real problem. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny, man. Like these, you know. It's funny. That's the funny thing about capitalism is it allows you to capitalize on things like like stereotypes and mm. racism. And you know, yeah, that it's there's no way you're ever if people can make a buck off it, mm-hmm. you're never gonna get rid of those things. You know. Mm. Who knows? What's the fucking answer? What's the answer? So
2: three oh five, what's good?
0: (laughs) People, qué vuelta. (laughs) You glad to be home?
2: I'm so happy to be home, man. Miami is Miami is my this is my shit. You know, this is where my heart is. Um I wish I could do the acting from here. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be pretty dope. Really? Yeah, I would I would be back here in a heartbeat if the industry moved here. I'm always looking for the opportunity to come back and shoot something at home. Mm. Um, You know, this past year, I actually tested for a a pilot that ended up shooting in Miami and it was kind of a big deal. Mm. It was I was very heartbroken that that didn't um, pan out because it was like any opportunity to go home. I Mm. want to take it. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, I love Miami. Well, we're plugging away over here trying to make (laughs) this
0: into an industry over here. So hopefully yeah. yeah, Hopefully that'll happen.
2: Are there are there good film schools here? Does does Miami have that yet or is that Uh, something I need to contribute to when I'm famous? AI.
0: (laughs) I think AI is down. Okay. Okay,
2: yeah. Oh yeah, I remember doing a film
0: is there any good uh... and I think there's a New York Film Academy that's where that's where I went okay. to school in LA I think they set one up in, in the beach nice if nice. I'm not mistaken yeah is there
1: any good uh, Cuban food in LA no portos uh, portos is cuban okay
2: food in la um portos sucks yeah, i'm just it, gonna well, go out and say that it's okay <laughs> if you've been in
0: la for a couple years and you just need a fucking croqueta right so, uh, <laughs> which by uh, the
2: way i brought dre six croquetas today okay, <laughs> and a... boil and had no idea he's no longer eating chicken whoops um, <laughs> so they are in my belly now um <laughs> but but yeah cuban food in la is pretty tough to come by there's one place called El Cochinito it's in Silver Lake and I would say that's the most authentic um, Cuban food that I've I've tried in LA at least mm. um, and they are uh, they're Cubans who went directly from Havana to New York and then went to Los Angeles so mm-hmm. they skipped the Miami, the Miami thing oh um, did they? yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me ask
0: you something because there was one place in New York that had okay Cuban food like you could tell it was kind of authentic uh, but no cafecito what? How are you gonna have? How so can you? A, um, how does no- that
2: even work? I That's mean, what I'm saying. Like you need one before and after dinner. So how does that? <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, there's a food truck. There was actually a food truck um, in a part of the valley in LA that sells Cuban food, but they also don't have cortaditos. I was like, "What's going on here?" Yeah, (laughs) you know, that's a red flag. flag. That's a red flag for
1: me. (laughs) Flag on the play. Yeah, straight up. So
2: yeah, that's one of the struggles. I'd say the biggest struggle of living in LA is no access to quick Cuban deliciousness. (laughs) Um, And um, and I've had several friends here ship me. Boxes of pastelitos overnight because I'm like I just have and I and I eat very healthy again you know I'm a nutritionist (laughs) Um, but every couple months I'm like I need a fix and a trip to miami is too expensive Mm -hmm. right now so somebody overnight me a box of uh, guayaba
1: i think we just came up with a pastelito subscription service right now yeah right (laughs) there's something kind
2: of like that i think there's like a cuban yeah it's a cuban i forget what it's called something mama something i don't know
1: abuela Mama. yeah something something like like
2: with abuela in it that's my friend's company oh my gosh so they ship like cuban like the the galletas and the packets of um, guayaba and yeah it's it's you know awesome. kiki right Achebus i think that's
0: Delo. his no? kiki yeah valdez yeah
1: oh i didn't know that yeah i think that's he's doing saying? something like that if i'm not mistaken either a coffee or kiki a or something like that. every it's miami
2: in l.a yeah. knows what i'm talking about yeah. we all start fiending after a couple months yeah yeah,
0: yeah yeah i went through the same thing in l.a and new york man it was tough i think we're sitting on a gold mine guys there's, <laughs> no the there's no place. there's no place in the u.s aside. like miami <laughs> Cubans oh. are funny like that, though, in that they're like, I, I guess, kind of unique in that there's little pockets of like Cuban communities everywhere around the world. Mm-hmm. There's like yeah. a Cuban community in Australia. Oh, really? what? yeah. Because, <laughs> well, crazy. because in a lot of ways, Cubans are, or at least half of Cubans, right, are mm-hmm. people with no land that no longer have a country, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, when they started dispersing, they didn't just come they to miami i mean, I, I mean <laughs> most of them came to miami right. but a lot of them went to these other little places and i was lucky enough right. like when we were doing documentaries i got to visit a lot of those because that's what we were covering
2: we yeah. were covering like
0: all the cuban pockets like in ecuador there's like a cuban community there
2: wow it's called la
0: floridita oh really the cuban community which is in uh, the
2: name of a restaurant in la it's a cuban restaurant <laughs> it's a cuban restaurant here <laughs> yeah. too la
0: floridita amazing um yeah cubans are unique in that way they have a unique history -hmm. Yeah, even being Dominican, I feel like I know more about Cuban history because it's just so fucking interesting, man. Like,
2: right? There's a lot of Nicaragua. I mean, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. The Dominicans, I'm Dominican as well. Um, on my mom's side, and uh, we had we had a whole thing with a dictatorship and Trujillo. And um, one of my favorite books is in the time of the butterflies. That just kind of covers that from Mm. from the different perspectives of um, (laughs) something's going on. So yeah, but but I mean we those stories were pretty interesting with Trujillo and and DR. But of course we didn't have this like embargo and right the you know our country's not stuck in ta- in a time capsule essentially. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. Trujillo
0: in a lot of ways was worse than Castro. Than Castro. He's the oh, bloodiest. He's the bloodiest dictator mm-hmm. in Caribbean mm-hmm. history or I Latin heard. American history, something yeah. like that. Some crazy shit. Yeah, Trujillo was, or
1: something. Or...
0: It's so bad that there's like a statue. Of Trujillo in the DR, I don't know if you've seen it. That's like face down or some shit, like the position that he was in when he died. Like is super it in savage, bro. La capital. <laughs> like shit is super savage. Like they yeah, captured him in a
1: statue. Oh, okay. Like his fine yeah, they resting got a,
0: position. Yeah, dude. Like when wow. he just got murked and shit. Dude. Like wow. that shit is super <laughs> yeah, cold, man. That's cold blooded. You bro. gotta have a
1: lot of hate for someone to sculpt them. Like well, that, I mean, the yeah.
0: Dominicans fucking murked them. That's what. That's where 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 Castro succeeded. Is that he quickly killed all his opposers. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, that's why the people hate Che Guevara so much, is because mm-hmm. he was in charge of those executions. But that's like Castro made sure that they were all dead. Mm. They all died, you know. Uh, in DR, there was a lot of people that were. Uh, Meeting up and forming little factions against Trujillo and stuff yeah. like that, and then they got eventually they got help from the Americans. the Americans smuggled them some weapons or whatever, and they and they assassinated him, but yeah the Dominicans got him yeah. we got him if Castro would have left uh some of those people alive, like the people that that opposed the revolution, he would have got hit too, you know, but like he was mm-hmm. he was smart enough to kill all of them
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, have you thought yeah. about going to Cuba now with uh now that we're allowed to go i've been to cuba three
0: times oh my god i shot documentaries in cuba not allowed back i should have done my research (laughs) yeah you've been too many times my actually the most popular thing i've ever done is a documentary (laughs) on the taino indians in cuba so like we're you know if you're from dr yeah you've got some little bit of you've got taino in you too
2: according to 23andme um it's like (laughs) it's like less than four percent i was more i was more west african though Mm, it was like it was like 24 percent west african like straight from the slave trade to yeah. dr okay um but that's so cool so do they still exist the dinos are they so, still so
0: there? that's the thing legend says that they were completely exterminated right Uh huh. but in the mountains of cuba in guantanamo in like this place called yateras that you literally have to you can't even get there by car like we had to jump on a fucking wagon with like bulls and shit like I'll that be
2: a really the, good rock climber
0: no we had like crossed <laughs> the river like it was crazy it was like a okay. crazy crazy shit Uh, And there's a village of Taino Indians. Like, I don't know if they're all pure blood, but there's definitely a couple of them that look straight up pure blood Taino.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And And
0: we we spoke to the chief. It's on YouTube, The Last Taino. You can mm -hmm. look that up.
2: I will Um, definitely check that out.
0: That's so cool. Are they
2: assimilated to society, or are they just kind of isolationist?
0: They're in isolation and they have contact with like some Cuban farmers that work in those mountains. Like that's they kind of trade with them. But like you know, the government I think at some point set up all that you know their their living space in the mountains, but Mm -hmm. they've left them alone ever since. So they're there. They're like self-sustained. All their food is you know from the mountains and shit like that, from trading with the farmers, and it's wild as fuck. It's one of the wildest things i ever done. You should build a casino. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, my God. This one's thinking about monetizing. <laughs> yeah, there's no capitalism in Cuba, pal.
0: Oh, oh man. Yeah. As soon as... Uh, if that shit ever happens, though, it's like DR is going to be fucked for a while because everyone's going to want to go vacation in Cuba, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like Cuba, when it got taken over, was the, was the spot. That's mm. where everyone was going. It was Vegas before Vegas. Well, I hear Cuba's beautiful. I've never been, but I... It's beautiful, but it's stuck in a it's stuck in the 1959 Mm -hmm. it literally hasn't progressed since all the buildings the cars everything
2: yeah i've definitely been conflicted about taking a trip there just because of you know there's like half the cubans my my abuelo's cuban and and i don't know how he would feel about me like going and giving the regime money Mm -hmm. um but at the same time you i heard that you can go you can stay in a casita where where it's almost like airbnb but they're Mm -hmm. hosting and they live there with you and you can tip them and um and kind of help make their lives better so there's Mm. there's two like perspectives on that Um, i definitely want to go yeah yeah
0: Yeah, that's but that's why i say that's why i even brought it up it's such a unique situation especially in the west there's no other place like cuba yeah there's no other place like cuba that has that situation where like basically half the country left
3: yeah and it's
0: like a bunch of people that basically grew up uh, you know, away from their land and they don't have like a land that they call their own. I mean they're here mm-hmm. in the US and, and
2: had it taken from them. And had it taken All from them. All their yeah. things taken from
0: them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So, I don't know what the lesson is there, but
2: <laughs> I mean I guess the lesson would be like the the beautiful product that is Miami. Miami was built by those people. Yeah. Yeah. Those professionals. Some who melting had pot some of rights, yeah. For
0: better or worse. It's a melting pot of Latino cultures. Yeah. Uh, but it's not it's not much there's not much else it's a melting well, pot I mean, Like i that- mean la is a melting pot in a different way it's like mm-hmm. worldwide it's very international yeah so a, is new york a mm-hmm. lot
2: of persians armenians russians there's mm-hmm. um just everything in la Filipinos.
0: i lived um, in glendale like everyone was armenian yeah right? yeah <laughs> for sure yeah.
2: um it's beautiful though man miami miami is, is a place where it's like you have a group of friends and nobody is from the same place unless unless they're cuban but there's there's like you know you've got friends from colombia venezuela Honduras, right, yeah. Ecuador, and it's it's um so unique in that way i don't know i love this place here yeah, yeah i've yeah. learned so much about
0: like other latin cultures that i wouldn't have yeah. learned if i'd grown, grown up somewhere else you know
2: exactly and yeah. the food the food. the food, huh? <laughs>
0: my girl has a lot my of vice. trouble with the food here.
3: Yeah,
2: because
0: she didn't grow up with this. So my girl's from California. She didn't okay. grow up with this kind of food. You
2: know? so, yeah. Yeah. So does it sit well with her?
0: No, no, <laughs> no. Because, yeah. like, yeah, Cuban food is uh, fried Latin to food. Yeah, well, it's fried, saucy. It's just <laughs> fucking beans everywhere. It's just, very heavy. It's yeah, very grain based. Yeah. For
2: sure, it doesn't help anyone with digestive issues. <laughs> That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. That was the hardest thing, leaving leaving all those things behind. um
0: So, have yeah. you had to change your consumption of Cuban food? Now, going back of around course. to the health, Of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean,. What can't you have now?
2: Of well, so now it's because I've done so much gut healing and gone on that journey. It, I'm not really there's not really anything I can't have now. I wouldn't say that as to where before it would it was like if I have beans, I'm like my stomach's gonna be in pain oh, all day, right. or um, if I have rice, like you know things aren't the same yeah. <laughs> so so i just i'll i'll leave it i'll leave it at that so that's the most discreet that was ever heard. that was before um was and now brilliant. it's not really like that i can pretty much eat whatever i want now um but i don't i i choose to live the very paleo lifestyle when i come to miami on the other hand i'm on vacation yeah mm-hmm. so i i will eat as paleo as possible at home when i'm cooking but when i go out it's about the experience and you're damn right I want um a pastelito after dinner. <laughs> so so yeah.
1: What is keto?
2: Ke- keto is uh keto? like under yeah keto keto, keto. keto? I-, I say keto but keto that's one. probably wrong. <laughs> um Thanks to the Miami accent. Um, <laughs> so keto like under 35 carbs a day, I think. Mm. And it's just mm-hmm. really high protein. And the only veggies you can eat are like non-starchy. Mm-hmm. It's like bell peppers mm-hmm. and broccoli and things like that. Okay.
0: And the philosophy is that you're you're forcing your body to run on its reserves basically awesome. so that's where i'm it's, it's a little
2: so there's blood sugar there's glucose and our, our we normally run on blood sugar but right. once you cut the carbs down you're only running on uh, fat, fat or mm-hmm. ketones right. mm-hmm. so you're actually burning you're in a fat burning state constantly mm. gotcha. um and so it's great if you want to lose weight
1: right right exactly yeah. but it's not the healthiest thing over time
2: i mean i think if you i think anybody who makes like veggies 80 percent of their diet that's pretty healthy which is that's tough to do on keto but like just in a paleo sense Mm -hmm. that's pretty healthy um i think what's healthy for one person isn't healthy for the next person you know nutrition is very is very custom and it should be custom um so what works for me might not work for you so
1: paleo is where you found the best yeah for my health definitely Mm -hmm.
2: um definitely like an 80 20 I, i would say my diet is more bulletproof paleo um than anything which really emphasizes quality in certain uh veggies and meats like the meat should be grass-fed, free-range, um uh, grown in a in a better environment than like, you know, just eating chicken from whatever uh, farm um that was pumped with hormones and things like that. So um it really emphasizes quality and I think that's that's what has worked for me. Mm-hmm. Just kind of picking uh, quality over over everything else. Yeah. Thanks, yeah so
0: yeah we've been going for like an hour i think we can uh, (laughs) there's a lot of shit that like we i wanted to cover that we didn't get to get to do so like next time you're in town
2: yeah we'd love to have you back um and i don't even know if we we got to like um talking about what i well i actually do but i'm a certified holistic nutritionist Mm -hmm. um and but also an actor and so um
0: by the way, I like that, because I don't know if you noticed, I like that you call yourself an actor. I don't feel, I don't feel like that's a word that should be gendered. Mm. You're an actor. Right. Not an actress. I what the fuck is it? If you were a doctor, right. you wouldn't be a doctress.
2: Right. A <laughs> doctress? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god before i die i definitely want to have md by my name um that's definitely a goal i want to you I want to be a doctor? yeah i want a oh, doctor's for sure um i want to go that's to medical school at some actress. point when after the acting really takes off i think i'll have time to kind of do that i think natalie portman did something like that she Sick. went to harvard after she had a couple films out
0: so
1: yeah she started early she's been making she me think did. about becoming a vegan recently. oh yeah yeah
2: Yeah, I have a lot of opinions on that. (laughs) So we'll have to, we'll definitely have to do another show. Yeah, we got to do a part two. We got to do a part two. But I, uh, veganism is a beautiful lifestyle. There's just definitely, there's definitely some things that um, can be avoided as far as illness goes with like supplementing the right way and things like Mm. that. So.
0: Where can they reach you? Is there any way that... Do you have a website or something where they can so maybe get like, more information As about far it?
2: as, like, for, nu- for nutrition goes, yeah. I don't take um, just anyone. I don't work with just anyone. Mm-hmm. I, and I do have a waiting list. But, um, I, I mean, my Instagram is at um, Catalina with a K underscore in underscore La La Land. So, Catalina in La La Land. And really, it's kind of a mix. I don't have a specific um, site for nutrition because I've never had to advertise. Mm-hmm. Um so they can always i have people who message me i think once a week i post things about um you know mercury toxicity and how it how it goes to work with a functional medicine practitioner and i kind of refer people out um so once a week i like to make um educational story posts on um just eating healthy and getting tested for toxicity and things like that um and then the rest of my instagram is just like my life it's just um since i've been in miami it's been a little kind Of posts about a lot of (laughs) craziness and (laughs) running around the 305, um, but it's normally just um, acting and and nutrition, so it's it's a little weird that way, and I should probably figure that out.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe separate a new account, I don't know,
0: maybe separate the two. I
2: don't know, I don't know.
0: What if you have if you don't have the need to do like just
3: a nutrition account, then no, no.
2: I'm good with that. I'm definitely, I definitely will be creating a website pretty soon, um, where people can purchase lab tests and get those interpreted um by functional practitioners in their area so that's something i am working on in the future
1: very cool i'll definitely be a customer for sure awesome (laughs)
2: nice
0: well thank you so much for coming this was actually super enlightening what about a uh, good time what about
1: any movies or or shows or anything you want to plug like
2: that um yeah Uh, plug plug uh let's see i've got this film called caretakers it's it's been making its way to different um it's starring vivica fox and christopher cousins who played ted beneke on um breaking bad he was skyler's boss who she was having an affair with um so it stars him and vivica fox and missy Pyle, and it's been making its way to santa fe film festival buffalo international film festival and it's kind of it's winning a lot of awards so i'm proud of that film um I play nurse Lucy Clark in that, who's like the love interest of the the lead character, um, George Loomis. Um, And yeah, I mean, check out season one of See Me Valley, which is on Black Pills. It's Vice's baby network, which is kind of like a it's like a Netflix on your phone.
1: It's an app you downloaded it. And, yeah, Black uh,
2: Pills is an app that you download. And I, I play Mia, who is missing. Um, and they're, it's a crime drama thriller. And they try and find her in, in season one. Very cool. So that's basically it. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, thank and you. And if you don't watch it, I'll find you. Yes. She will. She will. She really will. She's from the 305. Thanks, she don't play. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean yeah, to put I'm you sorry. out there. <laughs>
0: um, you can reach us. Where can they reach us? Um, human sushi bar.com thank you um, find <laughs> us on soundcloud spotify itunes yeah. stitcher all, whatever you use to get podcasts we're there yeah um, my instagram is shoddy music no shoddy id4 id 4 d e 4
2: why do men never know their usernames what is uh, it's bad? just not that important yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: i never
1: I, know my i don't have a handle and i think Except, we're on
0: facebook too
1: yeah are we yeah
0: who cares <laughs> we'll
1: post a link <laughs> yeah we'll post a link, Let's check yeah. link.
2: awesome you cap anywhere
0: um, can we yeah, find you, you anywhere yeah yeah uh, aol <laughs>
1: chat under <laughs> stop it <laughs> <laughs> he's got My that speakers. dial-up still if you, if you go to ask jeeves and you type in renee cruz i come up there <laughs> yeah um... <laughs> that's our cue to end
0: this motherfucker all right we'll see y'all later all right see later, ya. guys peace